Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. games left to play a four point cushion to seventh place I'm buzzing to see how the football gods take this one away from us so a very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio my name is Louis Mendes I am very excited because we won 1-0 yesterday at Portsmouth, we've had a superb week if you think of the mood in the studio this time last week, compare it to this time this week, it's 100% better. Uh, joining me in the studio as we get ready to discuss yesterday's one wins, Tom Wallin, how are you doing Tom? Very, very good. Yeah, enjoy yeah. yesterday? I loved it. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Excellent. And uh, the grand old man, Charlton Live, Terry Smith, how are you doing Terry? Me and Talisman Tom here, uh, we're, <laughs> we're loving life. <laughs> yeah, it was there because Tom's on a bit of a Talisman Tom, it, they yeah. call him. Yeah, I mean, they've got, they call him a lot of things, <laughs> Talisman Tom. Mostly worse than is that. He's one of them. And also joining us in the, in the uh, studio this evening, we've got someone in on work experience, Adam Markey. Adam, how are you doing? Good. Yeah, did, did enjoy the fact that Charlton won again yesterday? Of course. Yeah, thinking we're definitely going to be in the playoffs at the end of the season. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tell he's a Charlton fan, can't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> the uh, only thing I'm struggling with is that he's in here to experience work. Well, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I make it look like work. Yeah, hard work sometimes. So just as I did with the cycling today, actually. <laughs> made it look like very hard work when Jim Dutton 
Uh, Don't get him talking about cycling. Yeah, that's it. We'll yeah. be done now. Yeah. Donate for money, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on tonight's show, or we'll talk about cycling. Yeah, right. yeah, on tonight's show, we are going to look back at yesterday's one uh, 0 win, a vital one 0 win uh, down at Portsmouth. We'll hear the highlights uh, from the game. We'll. Um, uh, here from Lee Bowyer, of course. Good long interview with Lee Bowyer yesterday. He was in good spirits, very proud of his team. Uh, makes some bold claims as he has been doing throughout the uh, <laughs> throughout the, uh, the the time he's been in charge. Uh, we also want to hear from you guys. Uh, yesterday was a superb day. The performance from the fans was matched uh, by the performance on the pitch. The supporters were absolutely superb yesterday. So if you were one of those 2,500 who made their way down to Fratton Park. Uh, let us know what you made of the day. Um, you can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there for tonight's show. Just before uh, we finish the show as well, just because yesterday was such like a big a big game, big away attendance, and you know somewhat surprisingly, considering our form in big away attendance games, we didn't bottle it. I was thinking, well, let's, let's try and think of a list of... Uh, big games with big away you know, followings where we haven't bottled it because there's got to be three or four so if you can think of any of those as well I'll be asking you for those uh, later on in the show now tell um, superb yesterday it, you know after uh, let's go back a bit uh, after the three games that Lee Bayer took us uh, after Lee Bayer took charge we were superb and showed a level of passion and commitment and, and footballing ability that uh, hadn't been seen for a, a little while before that and we thought, here we go. And then there was that one game against Bristol where it could have gone either way, uh, slip up from Jason Pierce, and um, we had to come back from that, but we did. And then there was those two games where we just didn't turn up. And I think um, I think most Charlton fans were then thinking, well, we had our moment. We had the the, the new manager bounce, and uh, and that's it. It's gone. You know, we're uh, we're doomed to this division again. And then Shrewsbury happened, hmm. and then not just Shrewsbury happened, but straight after Portsmouth happened. And that's two levels. I mean, if anybody was there, they'll they'll witness this and they'll confirm it. The level of passion, commitment, and uh, and just sheer hard work that went into those two games just gives you just just hope because obviously we're all worried as Charlton fans um, that uh, that's it we're, we're going to blow out and we we won't have the uh, won't have the stamina for the uh, for the next five hopefully. Mm. But um, I don't know. I'm not sure that's true. I think the way that they went about their business over the last two games just shows a different level of mentality that we uh, uh, that surprised me a little bit because I thought after the uh, after the Wimbledon and the uh, Scunthorpe game that games that um, that's it. We we sort of had our shift at it. We had our tilt, and that was it. But mm. um, they've restored my faith. It was brilliant. Yes, and and I think what well more than that because the Shrewsbury there was a you know a decent following away from home. It's a long way to go on a Tuesday night. But that uh, that crowd on Saturday, um, oh. anyway, just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, to out-sing Portsmouth in their place yeah. is, is a tough ask. Tom, seven days ago, did you see? I mean, did you see this coming? No, not at all. I mean, we were on the radio last Monday, and I said that was it. We were done. And uh, I did also say it was there was plenty of twists and turns left, and I wouldn't be surprised if we went on to win our last four games, and we're, <laughs> we're halfway there. But yeah, I can just only really echo what Tell said. Shrewsbury on Tuesday was was unbelievable to to pick out that performance. But for me, yesterday was even more impressive because I thought Portsmouth actually gave us a little bit more in return. Um, not only was the, their crowd in the second half got up, I think we talk about the game in a bit more detail. Portsmouth were quite poor to start with, but second half they really grew into the game and they put us under a lot of pressure for the final fifteen minutes or so, and we weathered that. Um, whereas at Shrewsbury, that that didn't really happen. So. Two just unbelievable performances, and and to be back in the playoffs and 
not not quite there yet. As I say, there's probably another twist or two to come, but uh, certainly in a very good position going into the final two games. Excellent. Right, let's have a listen to the highlights. It was the, the uh, unbeaten duo, or on a good little run at least. I think you, I think you have lost at some point. Unbeaten this, season. unbeaten this season. Unbeaten this, this season. Fella, yeah. Unless you count the one we lost on penalties in the checker trade. All right, come that on, Joe. Say we are counting that. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> fine. <laughs> right, no, 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 I'm not even that. Not Talisman Tom. They called him yesterday. It's, 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 it's official. <laughs> right, let's have a listen to the highlights. Then it's uh, Terry Smith, Talisman Tom, down at Fratton Park. This is our one nil win over Portsmouth. Oh, and he's oh, loose the ball, on. and Fossu can nip in for Charlton, and he's away here. Tariq Fossu. He's got uh, a Jose to his left. A Jose in space in the penalty area. Looks up, tries to find no. him again. Blocked cross from Thompson. Back to a Jose. Comes right to Cashy. Cashy infield to Forster Cassidy. Thinks about a shot here. Takes it deflected in oh. a wide left of the post. But Jose in the first Charlton instance corner. There, he's got to take another touch. He had plenty of space in the area to break in. Instead, tried to cross it in first time. There wasn't really anyone in there. Eventually came back out to Cashy, found Forster Kasky. I wanted him to shoot, I was willing him to shoot, and he did. Took a deflection off a Portsmouth player, and it's the first corner of the game for Charlton. I don't think it was the best shot in the world. I think you probably keep would have had it if it hadn't taken a deflection, so it might have done us a favour. And it's Forster Kasky with the corner over on the far side. Swing it in left footed, Bowers there. Gets, oh, oh, he gets uh, taken out in the penalty area. Straight to his head, but the ball's still mucking about on the left-hand side now. Back to Forster Kasky, lovely touch, takes a shot! Oh! oh, it's just before McGuinness can get there, Thompson clears it away, only as far as Fossu. Fossu fires a Jose to his left, chips it back across, look at Bauer, oh, and he's pushed him over. Forster Kasky's cross where he slipped over was a poor one, but Clark in clearing it, cleared it back out for a Charlton throw. Halfway inside the Portsmouth half, over on that far side. It's taken by Konza, Konza whips in a oh. lovely ball right-footed, and Fossu's at the back post, oh. hits it first time, it's a brilliant block by Nathan Thompson! Oh, and then the Charlton player's gone down, no penalty given, Fossu's still got it, drags his shot wide, but his initial shot was brilliantly oh, challenged by Thompson, Lewis Page went down in the area under the challenge of Lowe, Charlton fans wanted a penalty, it broke back to Fossu, and Fossu dragged his well, shot Lewis wide. Lewis Page was the one that uh, met with Thompson, and uh, Page is saying, and it's, it's, trouble is it's obscured by that post, yeah. so I couldn't really see, but... Lewis Page was saying he got there first and he got the ball and Donna, um, Thompson took him. No Referee, given. six well, minutes well. of uh, normal time in this first half remaining. Still nil-nil here and uh, Charlton and Portsmouth really yet to create a goal-scoring opportunity, I'd suggest. I, I agree with that. It's been flicked on by uh, McGuinness. Yes! Jose! And it's in! And out of nothing, Charlton are ahead. It was a long ball forward by Ben Amos, flicked on by Josh McGuinness. But Jose was away and left-footed. Out came Luke McGee. And McGinnis, uh, Jose slotted it past him into the open net. And as you say, a cagey start. I thought either team would be happy going in at 0-0. But out of nothing, Charlton have taken the lead, Terry. Commentators curse. As soon as I said there was nothing, no real chance made by either side. The long goal kick from uh, Amos flicked on by McGuinness. It, uh, but Jose got the wrong side of his man and a lovely left foot finish to the left-hand side of the keeper to give him no chance. A lovely striker's finish by Nicky Jose to give Charlton the lead. And we said in the build-up to the game as a couple of flares go off in the away end, obviously ecstatic behind that goal. We did say before the game that there's a partnership that's been building a Jose and McGuinness. They've maybe not got the goals yet that we've wanted them to, but their link-up play has been great. And in this game, again, it was a long ball forward. McGuinness flicked it on and a Jose got round uh, Watmo, who's looked out of his depth so far all this game. And a Jose coolly slotted it past the outrushing McGee and into the net. And Charlton one and a half-time whistle goes and you might be able to hear the boos from the home fans. It's right to the edge of the six-yard box and it's bounced off somebody, I think Clark. The uh, central defender right on the edge of the six-yard box. It seemed easier to score, but it's bounced harmlessly over Amos's bar. Lewis Page trying to get there uh, as the ball was fizzed across. 
just missed his header and it sort of hit Clark on the head and went over in the feet of uh, well, he obviously didn't believe it was going to get to him so he didn't uh, meet it with any force or direction and luckily for Charlton just uh, we were able to watch it over the bar not sure I can cope with that for 45 minutes <laughs> swung in and it's a dangerous one but Guinness meets it superbly but it's headed back in there by Donu headed up in the air low should be offside headed away De Silva can't get there no 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 it's uh, Ronan shot lovely saved by Amos and Cashy clears the ball away but in particularly over the these wall last is two games back on the edge of the penalty area which is Pittman straight hits it over the wall and tipped over the bar by Amos he was going down to his right hand side I don't know if it took a deflection off the wall but he had to adjust his body and managed to push the ball over the top of the crossbar yeah brilliant save from Ben Amos there that little goal bound and Forster Kasky take it to the corner still on the touchline still trying to squirt past his man yes! and the final whistle yes! yes a huge huge win unbelievable scenes here at Fratton Park on the away end more smoke flares the Charlton players celebrating like they've just won an FA Cup final and, and to a certain extent that's exactly what it's been every game at this stage of the season is a cup final and Charlton have just come over another hurdle every game this season in the cup final tell where's, where's the trophy then? <laughs> it's a, it's a what, what do they call us um, oh, cliche no uh, it'll come to me don't worry about it yeah. I'm too old for that nonsense <laughs> yeah, so there we were the, the highlights of Talisman Tom and Terry Smith of yesterday's uh, superb 1-0 victory down on the south coast Tom we heard you panicking there in, in the second half <laughs> just a bit <laughs> Again, not as much as Shrewsbury yeah. but. Um, but I mean it, it, was, it was a weird one the second half actually went quite quickly for me, but I was still I was so nervous. I remember looking at you at one point with about 15 to go, and I was, like, I was shaking my head, so I can't mm. take this much longer. No, I couldn't, and I had forgotten to set my uh, my timer in the second half, so I couldn't see, so I had no no idea how long was left. <laughs> Somebody else did that, <laughs> stole mine. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So, types. Yeah, but it's a very like the Shrewsbury game. I mean, there were more chances for Portsmouth in this game, but when you look back, I mean, he had the, the save low down, and then the the free kick from Pittman. But aside from that, they created a few chances, but actually they were over or they were wide or they were from distance. Um, it was that long one from Naismith that he shanked wide. So again, we defended pretty well all through the team. And, and when you look back at it, there's not too much to be nervous about. But obviously when you're a fan and you're in that position and you're 1-0 up and the game as important as yesterday's was, it's difficult to see that, obviously. But... Um, yeah, looking back, it, it wasn't anywhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. And after the last, you know, when, when Charlton took the lead at Shrewsbury on Tuesday, it was 15 minutes left or so. Uh, and, and you know, as expected, Shrewsbury really came out and started to try and put us under pressure. But we stood up to it, you know, to a man. We did, well, except Tom. Yeah, yeah except Tom. <laughs> but then, but then, we, but then we, we've gone and done, so having, having done that for, say, 15 minutes on, on, on Tuesday, we've then had to go and do it again for yeah, an entire exactly. 45 minutes on, there was on a Saturday. Point, there was a point yesterday afternoon when I took over commentary and I looked left and Tom's got his head... <laughs> In his hands <laughs> on the desk, it's like half an hour left as well. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I think I said that, and I think that's why you did it. Yeah. You put his head on his desk and went, "Oh God, I got put up <laughs> half hour of this." But no, I think um, I, I, I agree with Tom. I think they Portsmouth they had a reputation at home, and I think uh, we spoke to um, Brett, the analyst, before the game, and he was saying that Portsmouth will come at us hard for the first half, uh, but um, normally then they start to tire, so we got to withstand that in the first half. But Lee Bowyer obviously sent his men out to say, right, we've got to nullify that. And mm. we were in their faces and at them every yeah. second in that first half. And they, they 
I don't think they're used to that. And they're used to the crowd maybe getting on the opposition's back and, and, and them not liking it. We were in their faces. We silenced the crowd. And the amount of misplaced passes, especially from the yeah. back four um, yesterday from Portsmouth, I think they were just worried. And we worried them. I mean, that, that, that's the thing that's the, the, that we all noticed. I think in that first half, I mean, you'd expect Charlton to get, like you say, going away to a team that's got a bit of a rep, you know, reputation, diff, very difficult place to go, very enclosed ground. It's a great ground down at Franton Park, and, and they really get behind them. You'd expect us to look the team that looked nervous, mm. but we looked so settled, and they they were so all over the place. Misplaced passes, the crowd were booing quite quickly, getting frustrated quite quickly. They were, you know, not not looking very good at all. And I think you know, you put that down to the fact that Charlton were really really at them from the off. Yeah, we must have committed three or four thousand in the first five minutes, and they were maybe clever fouls is that the way you'd say it because they were miles away from our own box, but they were just breaking up their play and slowing them down, and then. As that first half wore on, as you say, their fans got on their back because they, they just got slower and slower and more nervous. And <clears throat> they were misplacing passes, as you say. Um, the the centre-back pairing, which we were talking to someone on the train home who was a Portsmouth fan, said that they've been kind of the reason that they're, they've got good results um, in 2018 so far. But they were both pretty poor, I thought. Um, and yeah, we just got up and at them and in their faces and... Um, got the tackles in made it difficult for them the fans obviously enjoy big crunching mm. tackles and and we every time we went forward we looked dangerous but every time they went forward I mean they would get the ball in midfield try and, and they just weren't spreading it out wide to Lowe and Naismith who are arguably their most dangerous players and as a result Pittman had nothing to do so he started throwing a strop and it just it all went wrong for them in the first half but a lot of that was down to the hard work of the Charlton players yeah and I mean the way we started as well I wonder how much of that is down to the fact the fans were in early as well I, mean, I can't remember seeing that too often from a Charlton away end like the fans were in early they were singing loud from half an hour before kickoff, and you don't see that too often from us it was like it was like they were on a mission the fans yesterday mm-hmm. uh, they knew what uh, I think everybody that went to Portsmouth yesterday they were all, everybody was saying before the game it's going to be a full house the atmosphere is going to be intimidating but this is what as fans and players you need to you want to aspire to you want to be playing these um, cauldron atmospheres and, and, and soak them up and be part of it and I think uh, the fans took that on board as well because they went there and they were expecting perhaps to get outsung so they went there with a sort of attitude right no let's, uh, let's show them what we got and the more they did and mm-hmm. then some yeah and what did you, you make of the team I think there's three, three changes uh, before the game Cashy obviously coming back a Jose uh, coming in up top, who was the other one who was changed as well? It was. Well, you brought uh, Reeves in. Yeah, uh, Reeves. Oh, of course, yeah, Ben Reeves started as well. I mean, I mean, what did, what did you make of the lineup? I mean, we know that there's going to be a little bit of uh, rotation and, and whatnot towards the end of the season. Do you think well, it's more tactical? Or? Well, two were enforced because Mavadidi and Aribo, um, mm. uh, uh, not Aribo, Mavadidi and um, Dixdale were both yeah, had um, hamstring yeah. um, strains or injuries, so um, they were they were enforced a little bit. But I think he might have changed it anyway. <clears throat> to be honest, with um, with the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday games we've been having, I think you do need some fresh legs. And one of the uh, one of the freshest was Ahmed Kashi, of course, and he came in and it's, it was like he'd never stopped playing. It was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, the first ten minutes he put in three sliding tackles, yeah. missed every single one, mind. <laughs> well, one, yeah, one of them was an absolute cruncher <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the park as well. I did there, miss those. <laughs> there was one where he actually took the bloke out with his backside. It was, just, it was that late. It was yeah. funny as well because when he eventually got booked, which I think was the 80th minute, the ref did that thing of pointing around the pitch. But he only pointed to about two places. He could have pointed <laughs> to about 12, 50, yeah. 50 different places. <laughs> as to every to... blade of grass. So that one, that yeah. one, that one. There was a really good sliding tackle from McGuinness in the second half as well yeah. where he completely missed yeah. everything. But he went, he went in really strong. 
Um, and what did Jamaica Reeves coming back in as well? Because obviously he's he's really picked up under under Lee Bayer. I thought Marshall was a bit unlucky to to be dropped to the bench mm. um, because uh, I think he gives us um, something definitely. Uh, in a defensive manner as well as going forward. But um, I think when um, the decision was played to play Cashy, I think uh, the requirement for Marshall to come uh, and be on there and defend as, as, as deep as he as sometimes does wasn't there. So uh, Reeves, therefore, is the, the natural um, replacement. And uh, and I thought he played great yesterday. I, I, look, you can't pick out any player yesterday and say they didn't have a good mm, game, not yeah. one. I thought Marshall looked good when he came yeah, on. Absolutely. Did, yeah. some, did some really good things. I think the good thing about all that is that um, now players seem to be more content by being dropped or not playing because uh, they know the pressures and they know what's at stake. Mm. Uh, as that first half rolled on then, so we saw a Portsmouth team that looked, that looked shaky, looked nervous, were, were giving the ball away a lot and putting it out of play a lot. Um, and you, you certainly felt that Charlton were breaking quite well and, and you just thought, you just think a couple of times the decision making was wrong. I think we saw you know one where a Jose was going down the left-hand side and a heavy touch looking too wide we tried to play it back into to McGuinness. Yeah, a couple of times that, but you just just got the impression that this was building and, and you know you, you felt that a goal was going to come we saw that great chance for Forster Caskey that was cleared off the line as well which, which we heard in the commentary yeah I thought well look we were the better team in the first half by quite some distance um, and as I say Portsmouth weren't really at it but I put a lot of that down to to Charles' work and we were we were every time we went forward we looked dangerous and there were a couple of times where I think we almost had too much time in the, in the final third and made the wrong decision there but it was one of those games where I think we all knew up in the commentary box and probably the fans knew as well that second half Portsmouth were going to be improved. There was mm. no way they could play like that again. So we had to make those chances count. And OK, it took 40 minutes, but eventually we did get our mm. noses in front. But every chance that, that did go past, whether it was that, that long force to Kaskey one, whether it was the Fossil shot that he kind of dragged wide, whatever it was, every time I was thinking we need to score mm. one of these because... As I say, they are going to be improved in the second half, and we need to make this dominance count. Just before um, that, that chance for well, we, we <coughs> that, that that one that Fossey dragged wide. I think in the build-up to that, there was a ball that came over, and now Lewis Page went down in the penalty mm. area. And it's just one of those ones you just wonder if he might have been slightly clipped as he was running across. Or did he know the player was coming and think oh, I'm going to hit the ground here? Well, we couldn't see. It. Well, I couldn't see. It. I don't know. I've only ever seen time. it. I mean, now since the, I've, um, the ball came up into into the penalty box, and, and Lewis Page jumped for it, and there's did Thompson. I think it was yeah. the player. Yeah. It? Now, uh, Paige was saying, that, and the way Paige fell, it looked like he'd been clipped. And he, what he was saying was that Thompson got to hit the him before he got to the ball. But I couldn't see it because the post was in the way. So all I could mm. see then was the ball going a different direction. So really, I can't really... I haven't seen it since on, on the highlights. So, uh, But Paige was convinced that mm. he was taken out. Mm. I saw it earlier on the highlights and it looked... It looked close. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that there wasn't more made of it. Because yeah. in the highlights, again, Paige protests a little bit, but then just kind of trots back to position. So I'm not sure. But it certainly, having seen it again, looked quite close. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, as we were building, you know, I think we are all having that thought that you know, Portsmouth have been really poor, but they're not going to be this poor for the whole game. So we need to, to find a chance and take it before the interval. And we did. I mean... The classic big man, little man combination. Uh, Terry was just moaning about how no one was having any chances and, and how the game was going to end as a nil-nil. And then, uh, and then yeah. we scored about 13 seconds later. You won't want me lottery numbers, will you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, well, it was true, though. I mean, we'd, 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 we'd threatened a lot in that first half with actually not creating a great deal uh, in terms of shots on goal or, or making the keeper work too often. So, I mean, what, what we had done successfully and a lot was, was make their... Uh, two centre-halves turn and they looked really uncomfortable when we turned them round and McGuinness seemed to be getting to every every um, ball either with his head or his foot so they were clearly concerned about the, the front two that we had um, 
and so but as I said at to that point we hadn't really done anything and you know we've been playing some lovely football on the floor we've been uh, pressurising Portsmouth uh, so it was um, so law that the uh, the goal would come from a goal kick mm. it, from a huge punt upfield <laughs> <laughs> but what finished from, from Nicky and Joe's mm. I mean it's one of those ones where he didn't, uh, didn't have a second to think about it as we're just sort of talking about off air like turned you know keepers out slots it home classic striker I was going to say yeah and classic a Jose finish as well that's what he's known for it wasn't you know it wasn't poacher edge of the six yard box but it was just a he had half a second and he and he stuck it away and it was simple as that and it was as we as Tell just said we were playing some nice football in that first half and it's typical for, that it that it came from such a route one goal but actually okay it was a it was a long ball but the long ball was directed straight to McGuinness it wasn't just a hoof McGuinness got his head to it as he did all day and flicked it on purposefully to a Jose so there was no fortune about it at all mm. and then Watmar again trying to turn a Jose got away from him well and it was a brilliant finish so yes it was slightly route one but it was a brilliant goal I made that his, his first Charlton going 487 <laughs> days uh, the last one he scored was away at Millwall in that 3-1 loss just before Christmas in 2016 yeah. now you know I, I felt since he's come back in under Bowyer he's looked like a new player again He's. I think he's found a, a reason to play I think he's proven a point he wants to prove a point and, and that's showing uh, and isn't that the classic Charlton player to somebody to get somebody in who's, who's desperate to prove a point and so uh, everybody wins as a result of that and I think um, I think he's showing that, and I think you know he, he gets angry when he gets taken off, and I, you know that's great. I don't want people to be happy when I get taken off, mm. uh, as long as that doesn't sort of filter into the dressing room afterwards. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but um, the the finish was sublime, and it's not just the fact that he got there first, not the, just the fact that he shot straight away. You see, he cut it back across the goal, so he came he, he, almost from the way he came, from the way the keeper was coming. The keeper was clearly expecting him to go to his right. He didn't cut it back across the other way, which is mm. the most difficult one to save. Superb goal, and uh, yeah, and I think he's he's deserved that as well. Yeah, it's interesting uh, how we've we've seen two strikers combine him because obviously that hasn't been a an opportunity we've had while we were playing one up top for, for a lot of the well, season. Well, we wouldn't have scored that goal five months ago or five weeks ago, would we? Yeah. We just wouldn't because McGuinness would have flicked it on to absolutely no one. Yeah, <laughs> which the, he did a lot. Yeah, he did. He did actually. Yeah, uh, the, the McGuinness and the Jose partnership in particular. Obviously, we had it for a little while under Russell Slade, but even Slade tended to only play one up top mm. with a Jose more in a wing position so you know, do you, I mean, do you think those two could now they get, if they could get a run of games together could really start to build a proper partnership yeah I don't see why not I mean I said in commentary that, that they'd been building a partnership for a while but obviously was thinking of Jairo not McGuinness but a Jose with a, a taller bigger more imposing striker so far since uh, Bowie's come in has worked really well and, and McGuinness and Jairo I mean they're not like for like but they offer similar sort of threats in the air and he seems to be feeding off that. And, and as I, what I meant to say in the commentary was that him and Jairo have built up a brilliant partnership. And now McGuinness has slotted into the, the taller role, if you like, in the number nine spot. And, and he seems to be feeding off him as well. And that's what he needs. And that's what McGuinness needed as well, to be fair to him. Because as we both said, he was previously getting those knockdowns and winning those headers. It's just there was no one around him. Mark Chalice has just sent us in a wonderful photo of Sebo celebrating the win yesterday. <laughs> just, re- yeah. just retweeted. Right, so, so we got to the interview. I think Portsmouth had a header at goal just before half-time which was notable as their first real effort on, on goal. And it's very easy for Ben Amos. But as, as we've already said, we were all sitting there thinking, like, there's no way they're going to come out second half like that. You know, because we, we, we know that, you know, Kenny Jackett's a good manager and Portsmouth for a decent team. We saw him play well at the, here at the Valley. Uh, and we knew they were going to come out fired up. And sure enough, they didn't have that chance header early on. For, I think it was Clark who, who headed it just over from the free kick. <clears throat> what they did um, beginning of the second half, they brought two subs on Burgess and O'Keefe. Uh, took off Watmo, who'd been having a mare uh, at centre half, uh, and um, 
and Thompson, I think, had been injured anyway. Mm. But what that did, and they shuffled Apparently it around. Apparently, was as well. Oh, was he? Apparently. Okay. But it worked for him because O'Keefe was uh, much better on the floor. He, he moved the ball quicker, as did uh, O'Keefe. Uh, and they were just moving the ball quicker and out wide a lot more, uh, quicker than they had before. And that, uh, that meant we were chasing shadows a little bit. Uh, whereas um, the pressure we were putting on them in the first half meant that they were going backwards or putting the ball out um, out for a throw or giving it straight to us. As on this occasion, they were finding the men a lot better and, and putting us under a bit more pressure. Mm. Um, and uh, but then we, we just just as we were thinking, like right, big big forty five coming up here, they've started quite well. There was just this great chance for us to finish it off to, to get that little bit of daylight where Fossu was just about to burst from on goal, and you knew he was going to score, but then it. Hammy went, and I thought, oh god, that's going to be the turning point of this game. But I mean, in terms of him for the rest of the season, now obviously we're all riding on a high. But I mean, Boya didn't sound too confident about him, and I do wonder if we'll we'll, we'll get to see much of him between now and the end of the season with a hamstring injury. Yeah, it's worrying. I mean, the the positive is that the likes of Marshall have come off the bench and, and done very well. But obviously, Fosu's that player that you want. He can just make something out of nothing in any game when it's perhaps not going our way. Obviously, the last two games have, for the majority, gone our way. So, yeah, when when he first went down, we thought it was his hamstring. Then we wondered if it was cramp, the way they were stretching him, and he obviously tried to run it off and couldn't. Um, after the game, as you say, it sounds a little more concerning. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's such a massive player for us that he's not one that we can really afford to lose for the final, what hopefully will be five games of the mm. season. Yeah, they had a lot. Of, they had a good succession of corners, didn't they, Pompey? As that, as that, as that first half was starting to mature before, uh, just before Fosu uh, actually went off. Uh, then, I mean, we still looked like a reasonable threat though at the other end. I mean, we had that that that, that Ben Reeves shot that, that hit the base of the post, and you know, you, you, just, you were spending the whole time thinking, oh, "We desperately, we desperately want that second goal just to just to find that little bit of daylight." True, I agree, but I think the um, what uh, oh, look, all those tweets are coming in. Uh, <laughs> The um, what struck me yesterday was that uh, yes, Portsmouth were at us a lot more, but I still was, and I don't know if this was just me, but I, I, I wasn't overly um, concerned <clears throat> because um, they don't, Portsmouth, if Pittsman don't score, Portsmouth don't tend to score, and uh, Pierce had dealt with Pittman superbly most of the game. Mm. He had a couple of half chances, but nothing more than that. And I think when they missed that header from the corner, where the uh, centre half put it straight over the bar, when he should have he should have scored, absolutely should have scored. I started to think they're not going to score today. I just I wasn't. I was more concerned at Shrewsbury than I was before we got the second one than I was yesterday. Mm. If I'm honest, there was a great bit where Pittman actually tried to dive, didn't he, just oh, outside man. the area, and Con- and then Conza did nothing. Then Conza walked over to get the, the ball for the throw in, and Pittman decided to grab yeah. him and start like wrestling with him. And Conza's like, "What are you doing?" And just like completely ignored him. That's why I thought, right, we've got some cool heads out on that pitch now. You know what he was trying to do, Pittman? He was trying to stop himself getting booked because he knew what he'd done. And he was uh, grabbed Conza and he was laughing and joking to make it look like, oh, it was all a bit of a joke and a play act. Do you know what I mean? That's why he did it. Yeah. Uh, and Conza, you're right. Conza just looks like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so, like the last 20 minutes, I'm trying to think. Like, I'm still trying to look for, for chances that they had. I mean, Pittman had a header that was quite easy, fairly routine for, for Amos. Now, that, that, that free kick. Uh, oh no! Actually, before that, they had that one that fell to the to the feather in the area, didn't they? I forget his name, Ronan. I think it, it was, was Ronan. Yeah. yeah, and and that was probably their best chance of the game, I guess, other than the, the header early on in the second half. Yeah, they had a couple of. I mean, there was one particular shot. I'm trying to think who it was. Wasn't it? Um, was it Naismith? No, I'm trying to think. Who, who, no, Jamal Lowe, wasn't it? 
who uh, was through on goal and it was dropping onto his right foot and you think he's going to hit this and uh, where could this go? And for some reason, best known to himself, we tried to hit it with his left. Mm. Oh, it was, Na- was Naismith. It was Naismith. Yeah. Yeah. It was still about 35 yards from goal. Yeah, so it was like, yeah. like a three on two. Yeah. It's just yeah. a bizarre effort. He dragged it and so it, far and it wide. Nearly hit the corner flag. Yeah, that's when, that's when you knew they were sort of losing their heads. Now, finally, I mean, they had that uh, they had that free kick that, that Pittman there. Now, we were discussing whether it took a deflection or not off the wall. Because Amos died and it was a decent save, but it looked a bit awkward at the same time. He had to readjust, readjust himself. himself. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and, so. and I, I thought it must have taken a deflection. And that's what everybody said after the game as well. But I've watched it back and I, I still can't tell. And I'm so I don't sure. know whether Amos just dived too, too, too yeah. soon. It looked like he dived like, past it and then had to come but back. What a, what a reaction to get yeah. to get his body back and to scoop that over the bar. So six minutes of added time. Uh, of course. Yeah, again, I mean, we're, even then we knew that was going to be longer because Amos was lying down at the start yeah. of it. And so I'm, I'm a big fan of just not doing that anymore. Just play the six minutes and get it done with. But uh, we saw it out. Superb win. Uh, Plymouth losing up at Northampton helps as well. A surprise result. That you yeah, you wouldn't guess that, would you? Yeah, exactly. Especially how bad Northampton were against us. Um, so all in all, pretty good day. Quite enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. And when you when you look at the table at the end, which I refused to look at it until the final whistle had blown, Portsmouth I think are five points behind us now with a potential six to get. So the chance of them overtaking us uh, is still possible, but but very slim. Their goal difference is 20 worse yeah. than ours. So, oh no, sorry, seven. I was reading, reading <laughs> Rotherham got, got, got above myself. Seven so worse you, than ours. you'd think now that there's two places for three teams. Yeah. It's Plymouth, Scunthorpe and us. And it's at the moment, we're leading that pack, but there are games in hand for those two. But they've got to play each other. So, as I say, there are still more twists and turns. I think, personally, and I've said it for a while now, 70 points would get there. So either two draws or one win from the final two games would do it. Um, but yeah, it was just such a, a satisfying win yesterday. And obviously when that whistle goes, you're not thinking about any of that. You're just thinking about Wembley. Yeah. Now, Adam, obviously we were at the game, so we, we saw what was going on. But how antagonising was it that last 45 minutes while you were at home waiting for the results to come in? It was horrible, really. <laughs> just watching Twitter, hoping the result would come through. Yeah. And in, in terms of the, I mean, in terms of our playoff place now, I mean, how confident do you feel going into this this remaining two games? So there's still games in hand for those teams be, below us, aren't there? I'm confident if we can beat Rotherham, we can beat Blackburn. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so. and the, the the sort of impact that Bayer's had in, in in the time he's been here as well, it, it does make you believe that you've got a better chance than say that we did in the last couple of months under Robinson. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, big fan of um, Lee Bayer. Yeah, not wasn't a big fan of Carl Robinson. No. Happy when he left, not gonna lie to you. <laughs> There's quite a few people out there. We got a tweet in from Dan actually, which said, uh, uh, Why didn't we get rid of Robinson sooner? We would be comfortably in the playoffs now. Plus, the amount of chances we were creating earlier in the season of Jose, I'm sure, would have put most of them away. So, Adam's not the only one who's quite glad to see the back of, uh, of Carl Robinson, especially judging by the, the tweets we get in every week. Now, the man who replaced Carl Robinson is, of course, uh, the caretaker boss Lee Boyer. Uh, he's got two games left uh, till he earns me my 85 quid for betting on him as the next permanent manager because he needs to fall uh, 10 games he's done 8 now so I'm nearly in the money um, but yeah he came out to speak to all of us after yesterday's game uh, this is how the uh, caretaker boss reacted to that win down at Portsmouth I just said to him I'm really proud of him to do what they've just done to go to Shrewsbury on Tuesday night and put the effort and, and the commitment they did and then to have this quick turnaround and come to Portsmouth which is probably the most intimidating place to come in this division and put in that effort and that fight and that their togetherness was outstanding I think first half we dominated the, the, the game first half should have if, if we'd have been a bit more took a bit more care in possession we would have scored should have scored two, three, four goals I felt so um, I 
was a bit disappointed because I think we should we should have scored more goals. But the, the most important thing for me is that we kept another clean sheet and 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 their their fight again. You know, like they're, they're just a, a team, a squad of players that know what's at stake. And, and, and I've drummed it into them. Like the, the reward is massive, you know, and, and it's in your hands. You have to fight for each other, for each of you. Lads that are coming off the bench, Mark Marshall putting in a shift like he did, little Jada Silva. Everybody's fighting for the same thing, and, and the togetherness that, that we have is is remarkable, really. And, and it's just good to watch, you know. For me, I, I just love seeing it, and because um, I know they can play, but it's all the other side of the game, and that that's the most important thing for me. And and they're doing it very, very well. Certainly it's a high-pressure environment at the moment, but Charlton certainly the team that were much more settled in that first half. Yeah, we broke on them maybe ten times, and we just made the wrong decisions. So we was by far the better side first half. Second half, you're always going to expect them to come into it a bit. They're playing at home, they should do. Um, they have their, their, their fans behind them, and, and they have some good players. They're, they're not a bad team. First half, I think we just made them look just as not as good as what they actually are because we, how well we played and we pressed and we won won all the second balls and we just didn't let them play at all how many times did you see their players kick it out of play that's 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 from my players being their hard work so it's not that they're bad players but yeah but the, the togetherness and the fight that we have is 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 very very pleasing for me and obviously, with in terms of the playoff now, you've got a four-point cushion, but there's still those games in hand, so you, you're still expecting it to go down to the wire. Yeah, for sure, it's going to go down to the last game. There's only two games left. We've got Blackburn at home next week. Blackburn a second, you know. All we seem to be doing is playing teams that, that, that are in, in and around us. The running's been tough, but the lads know what's at stake, and... and they know what they have to do to, to get into the playoffs. Uh, it's a couple of setbacks today in terms of Tariq Fosu and Lewis Page going off injured. I mean, do, do you know at this moment in time the extent of those injuries? Uh, well, I know Tariq's done his hamstring, so I don't know how long it'll be, but he's done his hamstring. Um, so he would be a big loss. And Lewis Page, I'm not too sure on him. I, I think uh to do his Achilles, but yeah, I, I don't know how long they'll be out for at all. It's the first goal in a long time for Nicky Ajoje in a Charlton shirt, but he's deserved that for his performances over the last few weeks. Yep, he's worked great for the team. It just just never fell for him. I can't believe a ball added. That's his first chance he's actually had in front of goal in in all the time I've I've started him. So I'm I'm over the moon for him because as as a striker, all you want to do is score goals. And um, so I'm delighted that he, he got his chance. and One chance and he scores. That's why he was playing. And you had to do it for 15 minutes on Tuesday at Shrewsbury and perhaps the whole second half were put under pressure today but again stood up to it really well. Yeah, and again like I keep coming back to it and I keep saying it and I repeat myself a lot to them as well, it's their togetherness. They're all putting their bodies on the line. We had five players on coming training on Thursday with tight hamstrings from Tuesday night like, and they're all just get, turning themselves around and putting their body on the line time and time again. They're throwing themselves in front of things. Ben Amos, like, this is how determined like, Ben, a- Ben the keeper, and, and Josh are like t- clashing heads. You know, like, it's, they're all fighting, and and for me, it's it, it's a great thing to see. It's a bit of a running joke amongst Charlton fans that they never seem to perform in front of large away followings when when Charlton take a lot away. But I guess those fans who travelled down today will have so much belief now going into the last couple of games. 
yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look too much into that. It's not, it's not how many you bring away. But what I would say is, is that they was outstanding today. The, the, the fans, was it two and a half hours? And I think mm. they filled that end, and they did not stop singing for the whole ninety-six minutes or however long it was. So um, yeah, I was I was really grateful to them because the lads need them, you know, and, and more so on Saturday. We're, we're going to need them all to turn up on Saturday and and get behind them because it's we've got two games to go, like I said, and and, and the rewards are massive. And you talk about that togetherness. Is that something you've worked on since you've taken charge? It's just Does something that I demand. Yeah. Like I've, I've I've been in dressing rooms, a lot of dressing rooms, and you can't you can't compete with that if you have a togetherness and a team spirit then that gives you something an edge over the other side for sure for me I've been in the dressings and and once you've got a togetherness and a fight like you will run that extra mile for your friend if you see your friends out of position then you will do that if you don't have that togetherness then they don't do that you see everyone today everyone's running around like mad to try and help their friends out they're covering each other they're fighting someone's going in for a tackle the other one's behind him you know like that's what you need to, to be a, success, a winning successful team and, and that's what I've, I've demanded from the, the minute I took over and, and they've taken that on board and I think you can tell by the performances maybe Plymouth was the only one that we didn't really compete but again that was down to tiredness but that would be the only one that I would say that we, was, we wasn't ourselves because Sorry, you said after that scrunny defeat that you would need to win three out of the four games. Does that mean you need to win one more now? You've got two wins. No, no, that, that was just a, a wild guess. I still think we need to win both. Win both, win both. And then whoever's in the playoffs and they're thinking, wow, they've just won, what, eight out of ten coming into the playoffs. Once we're in the playoffs, there's no team that is in the playoffs that will beat us over two legs. I honestly believe that. And I've said that from the, from the minute I've took, taken over. It's not that I'm disrespecting anybody. I just believe in my players and my, and my squad of players. So I, I honestly believe that. And then obviously the final is what it is. But before that, we have to... Like everybody writ us off because of how many games we, we, we wasn't doing so well. Five points out of it. We was written off. But now they, they've turned it around, you know, and that's, that's just from fighting. Have you made a decision yet on whether you fancy the job full-time? I'm not even I'm not even thinking of that I'm just thinking of getting the side into the playoffs and then getting promotion that's all I'm thinking and that's all I want to do is get, get that's my achievement Are you enjoying it more than you thought you would or as much or was it what you kind of expected? I'm enjoying it obviously especially when you win Yeah but uh, it's, it is what it is I, I, I knew I'd be able to do the job it was just whether I wanted to do it and now I've thrown into it then yeah I'm, I'm enjoying every second so does that mean you won't think about that kind of stuff until the end of the season once yeah. it's, all the dust sort of settles on this yeah, one yeah, yeah because at the end of the day for me I have to I have to get promotion for me so and then whatever happens will happen it, it's out of my hands um, all I'm thinking is all I'm concentrating on is now so now I'll start thinking about Saturday and then once that's done then I'll start thinking about the other Saturday you know like it's I'm not thinking too far in front because I know that what we have to do is is win games and um, I'm not thinking of the future at all. How much have you looked at Blackburn before now? Is it sort of later on tonight, weekend, that you kind of do a bit of a sort of check on what they're... Uh, yeah, I won't do nothing tonight no. by the time I get home. So I'll, uh, I'll 
I'll probably start watching them on Sunday. But when we played them at their place, they I didn't think that they was that good. Obviously they've changed now, they've won a lot and they've a lot of games since then. So yeah. But they they they'll have strengths and they'll have weaknesses like every team. We've got strengths, we've got weaknesses, so we'll be at home. All I ask is that our fans just come and support the lads, you know, that's our last home game of the season. Well hopefully not, but it, the actual league games and uh just just come and, and get behind us, you know, because we need everybody to to push us over the line. At one stage before you took over, it looked like the team was just gonna, the season was just gonna drip away, really, and and, and with nothing, ebb away to nothing. Yeah, especially with the running that we've had. Like the, our running's been, it's hard, you know. We've, I think, what out of the ten games, I think six of them have been above us. <laughs> so, but it is what it is. You, every game of football is difficult as, as you make it, but the, the lads know that. They're in a good place and, and they're a completely different animal from, from, from when I took over. Like, like I keep saying, their togetherness is, is on. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Really, you know? Centre circle, starting around the opposite way. He's got uh, to his right hand side, Dick Steele. A little oh. bit of space, Dick Steele. Chance to cross, gets across in. Gyro's there, just cleared away, but it'll drop to Page. Might think of a shot here. Page takes it. He did it. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal for Lewis Page! Lewis Page has been out of action for over a year. Came back at Blackpool and only lasted a few minutes. He's first real touch of the game, sees him slam a shot into the top left hand corner. And Charlton had the lead. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. On your Sunday evening, we just heard from the caretaker, Alex Boss, Lee Bowyer. Uh, very proud, of course, of his charges yesterday after they uh, won to also follow up that win they had in midweek in uh, Shrewsbury as well. Um, <clears throat> I mean, what a job he's done. And uh, could you have expected him to have done this job before he took over, having very little coaching experience? No, I think... Uh... I'd be lying if I expected this good. I mean, I expected a reaction. Um, we're the sort of club that when, when someone like that who's got that connection to the club comes in, it, it lifts everybody. Um, but look, I liked Cole, um, and I think over the year he he, he did okay for us, but it, it had tailed off. I think that was obvious, and he'd lost a lot of the fans. Uh, Boya came in. Obviously, it helps with that, starting with such a massive win as he did. Um, but when you hear about the, the way that he'd set up for that game and the tactical work he'd done, you know that was okay down to his players, but down to him as well. Um, and he's he's learning all the time. And I uh, he obviously wanted a reaction quicker after the loss to Scunthorpe and and didn't get it away at Wimbledon. Oh, sorry, the other way around after Wimbledon didn't get it at home to Scunthorpe, but did then get the reaction at Shrewsbury. And okay, it took two games, but he's getting performances out of these players. And I don't think he's doing anything groundbreaking. He's studying the opposition. He's finding out where their weaknesses are. He's finding a formation to expose it. And he's making sure that every player gives everything they've got. And, mm. and whilst they do that, then 
he's making it look very, very easy. Interesting what you were saying about Nikita Jose when, when I asked him about the, uh, the the goal that he scored and his performances over the last few weeks because he's very, you know, pra- praising him, you know, one chance, one goal, he said, talking about how he... Um, you know how he worked so hard for the team, but I mean, it's you still remember the fact that they had that little bit of a Barney mm. away at AFC Wimbledon, so they've obviously got over whatever that was, or maybe it's just one of those things where Bowyer doesn't mind a player who gets a little bit of chat back because it shows that he cares. I think that's nailed on. I think um, what people shouldn't uh, read too much into, especially at, uh, at football, because um, I mean, we've all played it, and you, um, if you can't um, in a team have a go at one of your other players without them immediately thinking it's personal and sulking then it's not the environment for you. I mean, every player, um, I mean, I don't know, you call it testosterone, call it what you like, I mean, but every player wants to get a all and every player's wound up for a football match, they should be at least. Mm. And so um, what what's ten, tends to be said on a football pitch shouldn't be then carried on afterwards. It should just be forgotten about yeah. as soon as you go back in. So having a row with somebody on a football pitch, your own team, mate, mm. more often than not, is just forgotten about. And so mm. people shouldn't read too much into it. And I think... Um, after speaking to Josh yesterday and, and that interview will come out later on of course but um, he said um, there's a refreshing honesty uh, yeah, yeah, about point, uh, yeah. about um, Lee Bowyer he'll tell you how it is and not only will he tell you that if you're rubbish he'll admit when he's been so I mean he said it yesterday as well in, in my interview didn't not in yours but on my one he said um, you know I might have got that wrong uh, I played uh, I think he was talking about Jairo particularly you know maybe he played Jairo one game too many yeah. Uh, because um, he knew he had it in him because of what he'd done before and perhaps looking back he probably should have brought Josh back in the game sooner and so he admits when he makes mistakes and he admits he puts his hands up and so um, he'll be honest and when so a player's playing badly he'll tell him that's funny I think I was calling for McGuinness to come back in a game sooner than he did actually I should be the caretaker yes there you go um, Terry you, you learned over the years not to take it personally then when everyone was shouting at you oh it happens all the time <laughs> <laughs> um, also I mean the confidence that um, that Lee Bowyer has always shown during his interviews since he's taken over now when he first joined he's like yeah we'll be in the playoffs no problem um, and now he's saying there's not a team he said it a couple of times this week there's not a team that would beat us over two legs I mean mm. I mean, do, do you think that's a, do you think he genuinely believes that or is that a bit of mind games a bit of you know, instilling some confidence into the team into you know or you know trying to play like I say mind games with the opposition maybe I think he genuinely believes it the, the way he talks he, he says as you both said he, he says it as it is he's honest he's open he, as I've said a couple of times he doesn't talk quite as long as Cole but mm-hmm. it, his point is the same he just says what he sees and He's very down to earth. He's just pretty much gets it back to basics, and I genuinely believe he thinks we'll get there. Mm. I think these there are, are completely two different types of, of manager and man mm. manager at that. Because I think uh, Carl, I mean, I don't know because I've never in the dressing room, but Carl always struck me as somebody who wanted to be everybody's friend mm. and uh, wanted to be the player's friend and wanted to to get them to play by in, by being, you know, one of the boys and uh, and and them respecting him and, and trusting what he says, which I'm sure works in certain players. Uh, Lee, on the other hand, I, I suspect wants wants players that uh, run through brick walls. Uh, he tells it how it is and, and, and tells them what they got to do. And if they don't do it, they don't play. Mm. <laughs> that's that, I mean, that's probably too simplistic, but that's that's how I see it. Mm. Um, now, finally, Richard asked him right at the end there whether he'd be tempted to stay on full time. Now, I mean, is it is it too soon for Cholton? I mean, obviously, with the, the ridiculously complicated takeover mm. situation, you don't know who's going to be here, what's going to happen. But I mean, is it? I mean, if if he got us promoted, for example, through the playoffs, or even if he got us to just to the playoffs, which is what he's been set out to do, 
I mean, would he have earned a full-time role in a, in a more normal situation with an owner yeah, who yeah. wasn't leaving or something? It'll be, again, it's all up to the ownership, but um, I suspect um, if we don't have a change of ownership, then it's Lee Bowyer's because that'll be the cheapest option anyway. Mm. Uh, so that's one. Secondly, if we do have new owners, at least he's, get, he's asking a question of them. At least yeah. he's saying, well, this is what I can do. Can you, know, can you get any better? Um, now, we are all of the opinion, uh, I think, that, and most people are, that new owners come in, they want completely new... Uh, regime in charge, team manager, coach, and all that malarkey. Uh, but the way it's dragged on, whoever they might have wanted in charge might not uh, might no longer be available. Sir Alf Ramsey, apparently, uh, but yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, that's how long this has gone on. Um, I mean, Tom, Tom, do you think? Do you think listening to him? Do you think he actually quite fancies the job? I think he does. I don't think he's he's admitting that yet, but I think he's enjoying it m- more than he makes out. Um, I think my only reservation, and I, I don't want to put a negative on what's been such a brilliant week um, it's a very different challenge to go into the start of a season to sign players to build your squad mm-hmm. and manage over a season than come in and do effectively a firefighting job for, for seven or eight games which is what he's done I, I'm not suggesting it's beyond him by any stretch but it's going to be it would be a very different job you know when Riga obviously came in for example and did so well at the end of that season came back in again with slightly more time the next time and, and it didn't really work out so he's clearly got it in him he's got that that coaching ability um, but it, it would be a different challenge and with the ownership situation as it is I, I don't think we can predict what's going to happen next mm. season but certainly for the for the next few games he's the, he's the perfect man to have in there because he's getting everything out of those players yeah. Adam do you, do you think from what you've heard from, from Lee Bayer in those interviews that he'd be tempted to if he was offered a, a role in, as a manager he'd be tempted to take it on definitely yeah why not yeah I mean, I mean you're untested but in terms of a club to start practicing at a club you've got a, a affiliation with the fans you know obviously Pally came down, came down here and did such a good job having only done caretaker manager roles before so I guess you know that that link between the fans and the players I mean you must have been too young to have seen him play actually but... I saw Pal play yeah no sorry Bowyer Bowyer <laughs> Bowyer yeah. play not yeah no I was going to say you must have been too but I mean we still feel because he is someone who's come up through our academy and you know the likes of uh, me and Tom have seen him play and, and Terry would have uh uh, of course, seen him play as well. I mean, do, do, do you feel like there is that connection and that sort of helps? Well, if he's come through the academy and things, he knows Cholwen. Yeah. So why not give the Cholwen yeah. fans that player the job? Yeah. See how it goes. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense. It's gone pretty well so far, right? Let's have a, a look at the tweets that have started coming in uh, yesterday. John Agambar said it was nice to beat a Kenny Jacket team. He normally outthinks our manager, not today. Someone else tweeted me yesterday, I think, saying that apparently that was the first time we've beaten Jacket in about seven games or something. I haven't checked that, but it's quite interesting <laughs> because, like, I mean, we were we were all having a laugh in a press box after actually because we were right next to BBC Solent who were doing a phone in. And had a uh, or a tweet had a tweet in, and the presenter read it out so we could all hear it. And they had, they had uh, someone tweeting in saying, "We want Kenny Jacket out." I mean, that seemed like a bizarre yeah, I tweet. I yeah, was, it's, it's, uh, I mean, they got. Uh, I think that's the level of expectation, though, when you're at a club like Portsmouth, I suppose, and and to, uh, to a certain extent, us as well. But um, Portsmouth won the or they got promoted. I don't know if they won. Did they? Did they win the division last season? Yeah, they, 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 they weirdly won it on the last day, yeah. despite so, being third beforehand. So they won. Yeah. They won the championship last season. Got promoted and start started sort of a mediocre, but they've been on a bit of a roll um, in March and April, and uh, I think they won like six on the bounce. So uh, you know they they had a belief themselves, mm. I suppose. So I, I'm hoping that that's just a knee jerk reaction to to realising they're not uh, not going to figure. 
But um, I think if you'd have uh, if you'd have given Portsmouth fans at the beginning of the season eighth place in, in a new division, they'd probably bitten your arm off. Mm. Uh, right, James Moynard says uh, asking the question: uh, If Carlin is fit, can he come back and play in the playoffs for us? Now, I actually genuinely don't know the answer to that because obviously his loan. No, I don't think so. Yeah, you assume his loan wouldn't it's, finish. It's a season-long loan, but yeah. uh, we're not sure. But I mean, uh, technically, the season the season extends into the playoffs. Mm. So um, I think. Uh, it's a season long loan with no recall so I think not mm. I'm prepared to be proven wrong of course but that, that's how I read it yeah. I don't know. if anyone out there could, has got a chance to look that up for us let us know but we, we, we think not um, right Graham uh, says they uh, they epitomise how Boya uh, was as a player talking about his players he said he clearly uh, he's clearly a player's manager and gets the right response I think we should be doing all we can to get him the job Full time. I mean, what, what what do you think it is that? I mean, the, the, the link to the. What are you doing, Trey? I'm, I'm Sorry, yeah, he's trying to help me set up uh, Juventus Napoli that I'm not watching while <laughs> yeah. I concentrate on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, why, why is it that you think Bayer seems to be so good with the players so far? Do you think it is because he because he's been there and he's done that? I think there's a little bit of that. I think uh, it could have gone either way, couldn't it? I mean, you've got. Uh, as I said before, he's obviously got this style, which is right. This is our. Uh, uh, this is what I insist upon. The very minimum I expect from you is 100 percent mm. full commitment. Run through brick walls for me, uh, and I'm going to tell you how. If you have a bad game, I'm going to tell you, you have a bad game. You're going to be dropped. So play, that could go either way with players. And if you've got precious players, they're they're not going to want to. Then I think, for example, if we'd have still had some of the um, some of the players that were uh, forced upon us, shall we say, I think that would have gone down very badly. And so I think what people should give Carl Robinson credit for is bringing some of the players that we've got now that will make a difference and have made a difference. Mm. So, and they've obviously reacted positively to, to, to Lee Boyer. So um, I don't think he'd be every player's cup of tea. I'd, for example, um, you know, it's a bit like uh, trying to compare, I don't know, Arsene Wenger with, um, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of one now. Um, who's the uh, Allardyce, that's it. Yeah. So two completely different styles. Yeah. So, and I think you've got to get the players that will um, appreciate your style of management. Mm. Uh, right, Jim says I really can't remember an away day recently that was as fun, uh, as exciting, that loud, or as important. Maybe Sheffield United in the cups in terms of importance, but the atmosphere of only Roland and the last day of power meant no matter how many fans there, it was dead. So that's Jim uh, tweeting in earlier. That's even before I even announced what the, uh, the the subject is for the second half. So <laughs> later later on in the show, we're going to know, uh, you know, games. Well, we've turned up in numbers as Charlton fans, and then the team have actually turned up on the pitch. We all know about Operation Ewood and you know Sheffield United in the FA Cup, as, as mentioned there. You know we turn up in numbers and not actually performed. So you know we're trying, to, and, but yesterday we did in front of a lot of fans, a lot of very noisy fans. We want to think of uh, games where it's gone well for us, uh, even though we've taken big uh, away following. So tweet those into at Charlton Live. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk as well, and there's a thread on the Charlton Live forum as well. Right, Bob Liskin, evening guys. Well, what can I say? The atmosphere was up there with any Palace game we've had uh, Fulham and Man United Cup games away and of course Wembley in 1998 do you know what I think we're going to do it playoffs that is I mean, it's incredible like we say the, the turnaround from this week uh, you know from, from last week to this just in terms of how, how confident everyone feels because I mean there's two or three times I've written us off this season uh, you know, just before Robinson left after the Fleetwood game, and, and we'd lost at Blackpool as well. And, you know, and then last week, we, I, in fairness, I think like I said on the Love Sports Show last week, there's still plenty of twists and turns in it. I was chatting to Crispy actually last Saturday night. We we're at a party together, and I said, this, "I said there's still half a chance." And he said, "I was crazy." Mm. But, you know, I've been I've been proven correct once again. <laughs> yeah, as you said, you should be the manager. Shouldn't you? <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I've gone. 
With uh, the Blackpool and the Fleetwood results, I'd written us off. Then obviously with Bowyer's three wins, I, I thought it was going to happen again. Then the two defeats had written us off again, and now I'm confident we're going to get back in it again. So there has been plenty of twists and turns. Now, is that fickle football fan, or is that actually that's how crazy this league has been? Because it's so tight. You know, it's just every game, and even yesterday throughout the game, we were obviously relying on that other result to go our way to to see what the points difference was going to be. So. It is just chopping and changing, but the, the feel-good factor around the club, particularly after the the wins away and, and Shrewsbury and, and yesterday, were just it's absolutely massive, and it has. And going into Blackburn on a, on Saturday, they're gonna they're not gonna want to have to come here and play us because we're a team in form. You know, the crowd's still not going to be massive, but I'd expect there's a few more that come through the door. And uh, yeah, we've just got to make it as hostile an atmosphere as we can because we've shown we can do it at away games. Now, I mean, the fans yesterday were one of the best I've ever seen in my time as a Charlton fan and yeah we need to make that home advantage count next weekend as well uh, Red Chaser <coughs> says if Sir Alf gets the gig over Bowyer it'll be the best comeback since Lazarus Cabby <laughs> uh, uh, 8 says get the Pompey 2500 in the North Lower on Saturday push the boys over the line I mean if you get that, that same group who made that racket down at Fratton Park yesterday into the into the North Lower that would be amazing as long as they don't take my seat <laughs> well yeah that's true so you can sit you can sit well you're, you're doing commentary oh, yeah. yeah that's what Dan said so please tell me Tom is commentating on Saturday after, Sorry, Greg. Yeah, after 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 your uh, talisman Tom performances over the last couple of weeks. Right, Valley Floyd Fred said uh, that we are entertaining him for the next one and a half hours whilst he's at uni doing his dissertation. Much appreciated. I hope your dissertation uh, goes well. Jack Bates, uh, the best atmosphere at a Charlton game for a few years. Performance by the fans was matched by the team endeavour, fight, and relentless passion. And that's uh, pretty fair to say. Right, Sebo. Uh, right, I'm probably going to get stick, but if we were that lucky team in this pack and we do go up, even though it'll be under bow for all the negative things some people have said about him since he left the club, I'd still feel we have to give Carl a great deal of credit. Yeah, no, I think that's fair, honestly. I mean, but some of the players that we've brought in are down to Carl and the team that he had uh, bringing the players in. So, you know, would we have had the likes of uh, Fosu, um, uh, Jake Forstakowski, uh you know, big uh, Ben Reeves, who played outstanding yesterday. Um, and the likelihood is no, we wouldn't have done. So um, these players are going to be the, the the backbone of of whatever success we have. Mm. The start of the season still happened as well. Like yeah, it tailed off over Christmas and and towards the end. But the start of the season, we were impressive. We were up in those top two or three places for a long time, and that goes down to the hard work of Carl as well. And just touching on Tell's point as well, as I'm, I look through the program on the way home yesterday. The average age of this squad, I mean, Jason Pearce and Johnny Jackson aside, who obviously bump it up both in their 30s. Everyone else, there's so many 22, 21, 20-year-olds in this squad. And some of that's through the youth system, but a lot of that's down to some shrewd sign-ins as well. So we've got, if we can keep these players together, uh, we'd obviously need to strengthen significantly if we were to get promoted. But there's a good group there, a good core group of, of youngsters coming through. Mm. Right, Tim Jackson, what an absolutely incredible day from a crowd point of view. The only thing close I can remember is Fulham in the Cup, League One winning season. Every player played with heart and passion and desire. Special shout out to Jake Forstakowski, who won everything and was truly immense. I mean, his uh, performance on Tuesday as well, mm. tell Forstakowski in the midfield. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've, as I picked him as one of my two players uh, in the Portsmouth programme yesterday who, who stood out this season, him and Fossey. Forster Kasky, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating this, on Tuesday night uh, up at Shrewsbury, I think there wasn't a blade of grass he didn't touch on, on that pitch. He was absolutely everywhere and, and a phenomenal performance. And then to put in the same shift yeah. 
four days later. It's just you know, it's awe inspiring. And you know, I'm honestly making no exaggeration here when I when I uh, forced Gasly was my man of the match on Tuesday by a country mile because there, he was throwing his body in the front of tackles. He was everywhere. He was breaking up play, and then he was launching um, the attacks that we were uh, we were trying to make. You know, and um, then on, uh, it, I don't think he was quite as flowing. Uh, going forward on Saturday as he was on Tuesday but he was still covering every inch of that pitch trying to stop um, Portsmouth getting back into the game you know he just the engine he seems to have developed over the last sort of uh, three or four weeks has been outrageous Mm. now Brian Cole will be a happy man this evening (laughs) of course because he lives down in uh, in Portsmouth we've got an email in from uh, uh, from from Paul Griffiths as well, who lives down there as well. So those two, I imagine, had a good evening yesterday. Absolutely. But uh, Brian, yeah, Brian tweeted in saying, "Thanks, lads. That is all best away following I can remember being a part of." Um, yeah, it's, in terms of, I have a family tie at Portsmouth, which I sort I sort of knew, but sort of wasn't expecting for it, for it to come up. So yesterday, I got to the ground about midday, like really early, and they weren't going to let me in. Uh, but then they they radioed through to the head steward, who just so happened to be my second cousin, second step cousin, who I haven't seen for about fifteen years. And so and so they asked my name and said, "Right, you can go through because you're a cousin." Now, if she walked past me in the ground, I wouldn't have recognised her, and she may well have done so. She's know? expecting flowers, yeah. at the very minimal. You know, don't <laughs> so, but that was just really bizarre that either. So you know, I, I don't know if it's worth me contacting her out of the blue for the first time in fifteen years just to mock her about the result. I would no, yeah. but after after she let you in, I would yeah. <laughs> maybe check the stewards at. <laughs> Wembley as well. well. I say, I mean, I think we ought to uh, say that the Portsmouth, everybody at Portsmouth, even though we beat them, were so gracious actually. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and even reading the tweets afterwards, everybody was saying that that's the best away following they've had mm. down there all season, and uh, we were one of the best sides they've seen down there all season. And fair credit to you, well done. You know, there wasn't. Too, I mean, all right, on the, on the, at, when the game was going on, when uh, Lewis Page was walking off, he wasn't exactly getting a <laughs> goodbye, see you soon, how are you type of uh, <laughs> type of response from her. But you'd expect that during a game. Yeah. But afterwards, I think uh, even the stewards to us and everybody around there were all very gracious. Yeah, no, so we, it was we, a nice we, day. We went into one of the uh, one of the, the the Pompey pubs after, and they were fine with us. Got caught in an absolute downpour. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah. didn't it? Yeah. We were supposed to be sunny. A lot of people went up in shorts. Right, um, uh, Craig Evans said, agree with Terry Shrewsbury, it was much more nerve-wracking than yesterday. Dealt with Portsmouth really well. Fantastic performance. Now, Jimmy Seed, uh, who has put me through hell this morning on a 32-mile bike ride, says, I think Lee Bowyer learned a lot from those defeats to Wimbledon and Scunthorpe. He showed the team that technical ability alone won't win matches. They're running themselves into the ground now, and you can't argue with that at all, really, can you? Well, he said it a few times now. He said, I know what they can do on the ball. It's off the ball. I want uh, I want the game to, uh, to for them to show me what they can do, and they have been. Mm. <laughs> now, uh, Terry, you mentioned that the, the, the Portsmouth fans were very gracious about our support, and that Tim Jackson's copied us into a tweet here. And I saw this tweet yesterday, and it stood out because he's quite clearly being sarcastic. All right. But basically, so Tim said, not every day opposition fans appreciate our away support. Seen so many tweets like this, testaments to the fans and to Charlton. There were a lot of fans genuinely yeah. praising us. But this one, uh, sort of trying to take the mix, said uh, Charlton had the best away fans in the entire history of football at Fratton Park today. Sounded like there were millions of them. Scenes like today have not been seen since the Wembley World Cup win. Fair play. Uh, and then he's put a little uh, face, like a, <laughs> so he is taking the mix. But uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of fans who were, who were impressed by our uh, support. Dan no, said, I think that just means he means every single word, but he doesn't want us to think he means. Yeah, it. yeah. that's all that means. Ah, double bluffing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, Dan said I couldn't even watch the last six minutes. I sat in my chair and prayed. <laughs> on the highlights from the free kick a stunning save uh, Brian said the deflection was obvious from the away end for that free kick as a world class okay, cool. save 
uh, from Amos. Uh, Charlton Exile said he, he was really looking forward to the Bowyer interview. Still could go either way for the playoffs, but I'm loving the whole change of atmosphere around the place. Now let's get rid of Roland and it's happy days around the corner. You forget we still got that to come, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about him. Yeah, it's like Christmas and birthday coming within the same couple of weeks, isn't it? Right, Will Bolland's been tweeting us in the same thing pretty much every week. But he says, three simple words for the rest of the Charlton season, keep the faith. And he said that, he's never he's never deviated from that, even when the faith was wavering. We got so we had a, a follower on um, on Valley Pass, um, on a commentary of the tweets that come in, Ev James. And he's been saying it for yeah, like, has, yeah. like about weeks three months. And weeks and weeks, yeah. <laughs> so fair play to him. Yeah. Uh, Matthias says, what a win yesterday. Glad to see a Jose scored. I'm looking forward to going to Rochdale on the last day of the season. Brandon, maybe we should go all out when we play Blackburn. Try and ride this high through what will be a tough game. And if we lose, at least we lose with some proper fight. Regardless, I'm so confident at the moment that we will make the playoff uh, Roger Tra said it's our year like Spurs their, their year is a one our year ends in eight gutted I wasn't there yesterday had a surprise party in Swindon well I hope that was a, a, a decent one uh, right Sarah says I will be going into work tomorrow singing Valley Floyd Road I work with Millwall and West Ham fans uh, but there's no Palace fans at work so I see that as a positive <laughs> uh, now uh, Charlton uh, XO again tweets in saying um, uh, worth a mention of course it's worth a mention today was uh, the London Marathon Day uh, in in um, uh, in and around London, obviously go through Charlton as well. This time last year, I went to watch it from the Rose of Denmark. It's a great place to watch the marathon. Like they put a band on and stuff uh, for for some Charlton mates. But the the legend that is the gaffer, Chris Powell, ran it today. I think it's, I think it took him about five and a half hours. Yeah, five hours thirty three minutes to get around his first ever marathon. I mean the heat to, to be well, doing that f- today. Don't, don't forget, he'd have run further than anybody else. Because obviously, as he goes past Charlton, he would have nipped left into Ransom Walk, yeah. gone to the vacancies ball just to see if there was any, <laughs> uh, and then gone back out again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So congratulations to Pally and yep. any other Charlton fans who did it. He as had well, some very he? flattering earmuffs on when I saw him at Canary what Wharf. What about? Yeah, he had some sort of black black. Ear- I don't know what was they actually stop, were, but they looked stop like the it. sun getting at him. Maybe. Yeah. No headphones. Yeah, but they were fluffy. They were a little bit fluffy. But yeah. he didn't have them on when he came past here. Nothing wrong with he fluffy headphones, Tom. Is it not? Oh, okay. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so right. John said, I wish I was listening live right now. Oh, looking forward to the podcast on the way to work tomorrow morning. Again, he's attached. I'm going to retweet this. Another superb photo of yesterday. And then Lewis says, we are going up. That's all he says, which is excellent. Uh, Red and White says, I really hope that the fans that can't make Rochdale the club can do a beanbag for us. Uh, your thoughts, please. I mean, they tend to wait... If, if it's a sellout, it's more likely to be a beanbag. But I, I don't really know what the rules are on that, so... Um, would have been back. Well, no, apart from the atmosphere, of course, have been back would be great. But uh, you can you can get all this stuff on the uh, on the football league now, can't you? you just sign mm. up to Rochdale for for a week. Yeah, but you need to be out of the country or have a VPN to pretend you're out of the country. Oh dear, yeah, which is seriously. Why, oh, okay. yeah, I have to you and Greg, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> or you and me? Yeah, right. Um, Don't tell Greg. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, because Bob Lisson's just saying, just look to plan the trip to Rochdale. But it is a five thirty kickoff. It needs an overnight stay. Yeah, there's it, no, uh, yeah. there's no trains coming back. Apparently, no. I mean, what I'd like, to, the, I mean, who knows? But I'd like if we, uh, if we get a positive result against Blackburn, then uh, and basically, look, if we win both our games, then we're in the playoffs. Mm. Regardless, we don't know what position mm. we'll be, but we're in them. Uh, and the reason for that is because Scunthorpe and Plymouth have got to play each other. So even if they draw, or either of them win. If if we win our two games, both of them can't catch us. One mm. of them might, but both of them can't. So um, if we get a positive result against Blackburn, I'd like the club to look at coach travel. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, because there's no other way fans are getting up yeah. there well, no, unless they're staying over. Yeah, but at the same time, they might they they might think about uh, saving that for a playoff semi final. I mean, that'd be good if they could do that free coach travel because I think likelihood is our away game because we'll play home first. I think is likely, so we'll either be on the Sunday 
sort of afternoon, evening. The only downside of that is we've got to make who we got left in the club to make that decision. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Probably, mean, so, uh, can we make it? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, someone's, yeah. So, someone's made some decisions recently, like Lee Bowyer and stuff. So someone makes decisions. Um, yeah, because the, the playoff semi-final second leg is either going to be on a Sunday evening or a Wednesday evening, yeah. I think. So is it uh, evening Sunday or daytime Sunday? It's definitely an evening Sunday. Well, it's afternoon evening. I okay. think possibly. I, mean, I might not be certain that, but it's definitely otherwise a, a Wednesday evening. Could yeah. be so. That uh, could be. It could be useful if they did uh, coaches for that. Now, uh, Jimmy Seed also tweeted again saying, uh, "If Charlton can get promoted, we can get you up Chalk Pit Lane, Louis Mendes." Now, uh, me and Jim are both signed up to this ride to Amsterdam in the summer, and I obviously desperately need to get some sort of bike fitness up before the. Before we go out there, because eighty-five miles on the first day and something like sixty miles on the second day. So, uh, so I went out. I went out on Friday, done thirteen miles on my bike. I was like, "Yeah, that's not bad." Like, get me going. And then Jim said he'd take me out this morning. Uh, it took me up the side of Kilimanjaro at one point. <laughs> we did. We, I, 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 done, I, I think, I, I, including cycling to East Croydon from home, I'd done about thirty-seven miles of cycling today, which I'm quite happy with. But it just got to a bit you where... You don't look happy. No, well, I'm in pain as well. But it, it got to a bit where I sort of said to Jim, like, look, I've done, a good, I've done a good amount here. I need to go home now. So we cycled up to Oxted Station. And, and it was, we were about seven miles from Oxted train station. So I finally got there. I was like, excellent, right. And there was no trains. It was a replacement bus. They wouldn't let us on. So we looked at the nearest... The nearest station was Wallingham. And in order to do that, you had to go up Kilimanjaro, or Chalk Pit Lane. Which you know, I, I couldn't even walk up it when I got. It would have been funny than that if, they, if London Transport had, had a replacement bike service. <laughs> yeah, but no. So yeah, so I saw I saw this big hill and I couldn't cycle up it. Started walking up it, gave up, went back to what said and got my other half to come and pick me up so I could go home in the car. But that was an absolute nightmare. But yeah, if I'm uh, very pleased that, that that Jimmy came out with me this morning. Now we both need sponsorship. So if you look at Jimmy's Twitter page at James M Seed, obviously he's Jimmy Seed's grandson. Uh, or, or mine, you can you can donate to, to either of us. Uh, we're, we're, we we need to raise a thousand pound each before we, we head out there. So that'd be really good uh, if you can. Right, uh, Albert Rossi is just saying. I think JJ, how good a job he is doing uh, with Bowyer as well, because obviously I think JJ is working away in the background there. Yeah. But he's he's inexperienced in, in himself, but he's, he seems to be doing quite well. Yeah. As a team, they they seem to be doing quite well. So I mean, um, nobody knows quite how much influence either has or more than the other. I suspect um, uh, again, Johnny Jackson would have um, likely Bowie have the respect of the players, no question about it. Um, and uh, um, it, it uh, it's a team effort, of course. Mm. Lee Bowie's taken all the plaudits and, and possibly quite rightly <coughs> so. But um, uh, the coaching staff uh, are all um, have all got something to do with it. Even the analysts, you know, are researching the opposition and, and formulating a plan. It's all part of a team, so um, and it's just um, it's just great to have that Charlton feel about the place again, isn't it? I mm. mean, um, and that's got something to do with the fact that you've got Lee Bowyer and Johnny Jackson at the helm because they are Charlton people. Right, Super Clive on the Charlton Live forum says I've been beat, uh, boycotting since the Coventry protest game last season, but listening to Lee Bowyer, I'm tempted to come back to the Blackburn game. I'm in a, con- a quandary, which I'm sure there's uh, there's many people out there in said quandary. Well, let's have a quick break. We've still got your emails to come here on Charlton Live. And also we're discussing the times we've taken a lot of away fans to an away game and not bottled it. No, we're not nameless, we're not faceless. We will bar for greatness. It's a lovely spot. What a ball. And he picks out Reeves in space, crossing the halfway line, Reeves. Um, Page up to us. A lovely dummy by Jose. Gyro finds a Jose again. Chip ball in. Looking for Fosu. Just too high, but it'll run to a Rebo on the opposite side of the penalty area. Back into the box. Just header! Oh, oh, Gyro scores! Superb football from Joan from one side to the other. Lovely cross from a Rebo. Gyro header. 2 0 Joan. 
Welcome back. It's Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Very shouty song that was that Glove Pup made for us, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Possibly because it was a very shouty commentary. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right, Charlton sold DM does saying, Charlton, don't win games like that yesterday. We notoriously bottle it. Following the win yesterday, it made me feel for the first time that the playoffs weren't just a bonus at the end of the season to lift our spirits, but a genuine chance for us to get promoted. The squad we have now is a top two quality team that only got a chance five weeks ago. The atmosphere yesterday in the away end needs to be the standard for the rest of the season. And I think uh, I, I'd agree with that. The atmosphere was absolutely superb. Right, Chris Davin. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen a, uh, an email from Chris Davin with the subject line woohoo for a long time. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm glad that Chris is uh, enjoying it. It says, great win for the boys' playoff dream that was dead when Robinson left is still very much alive. What happens, whatever happens here, uh, from here on in, Boya has done a great job. As I've said, all along the team is good enough. The manager wasn't. If Boya doesn't get the job for next season, he will certainly be sought after elsewhere. How bench warmer Holmes must re- uh, re- regret leaving to play at a higher level. Uh, don't think training with championship players, but never getting a game counts, to be honest. Bring on Blackburn, the home uh, if, of Eki Fump. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting point. I mean, I think someone mentioned Ricky Holmes to me yesterday as well um, and, and we suddenly thought like god I forgot he even played for us because <laughs> it seems so much water has gone under the bridge since then but he, um, it's amazing really how, how, how we've got on we, we haven't really missed Ricky Holmes have we I heard they were selling him oh really already yeah I heard they were yeah. going to ship him off well I'm, I wouldn't be surprised because he's hardly played has he yeah. just not even being yeah. there really and, and do, do you think we've missed him no no I mean do you know I had this conversation. I put the question actually to the to the media boys uh, about um, if we'd if we'd have kept Ricky Holmes in January, would be would we now be a lot closer, either confirmed in the playoffs or a lot closer to the top two? Uh, there was mixed opinions. Some said no, it wouldn't have made no difference. But I'm, I'm still not. There are games that um, tight games, and I think uh, that we've either lost or drawn where. We haven't been able to open teams up, and you just need that free kick, or you just need that something out of nothing. And Ricky Holmes w- would always do that. Yeah. Um, so I'm not so sure. I think um, I, I, you don't lose your best players, and and it's a benefit to you. And he was our best player up to that point, mm. no question. So um, as much as um, you know, I think it was a wrong move. I could sort of understand why he did it if he was playing. But mm. uh, and I'm sure he thought he would be. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody goes. Well, not necessarily. Well, not necessarily Scott Parker. Do you go and deliberately sit on a bench? Mm. Um, so uh, I have. I'm of the opinion. I think we'd be better off if he was still here. Yes. Mm. Right. Um. I'm, Super Clive mentioned it on the forum. Talk about he was in a quandary about next week. Now I forgot to mention. I see. I was uh, on a train back with a couple of lads yesterday. I met. Uh, we had to change at Chichester. I got chatting to some Charlton fans. Martin and Simon and uh, Martin's in a bit of a quandary as well because he's getting married next Sunday and he's been told he's got to help do some setting up stuff on a Saturday but he really wants to go to the really? Blackburn game yeah. yeah, I don't see that as a quandary yeah. at all I mean, I mean, I mean, about. should he call the wedding <laughs> off well yeah. I think I mean, surely he could pull a hamstring or something can't he yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah hopefully Martin you'll find a way of, of watching the game <laughs> next week if possible but good luck to, to, uh, to, to you for your wedding of course uh, right Dan Farmer what a special day that was yesterday on and off the pitch the players stood up and, and were counted and that's what we've been asking for the supporters were outstanding it was a privilege to be part of it every single player played for the shirt yesterday and I for one are so proud of the club and I haven't said that much over the last few years big game Saturday need a packed valley another thing as well it was so good to see the Pompey fans praising us as a fan base after the game saying that we were the noisiest fans to come to Fratton in years and we deserved the three points cheers guys 
roll on Blackburn. Uh, cheers for that, Dan. That's a good email. Uh, and he's right about, like I say, it is so nice to see the Charlton fans praised by, uh, by, by the home support. And they were so loud. Because there's been a few times where, like, because obviously I've, I've been in away ends myself as well, and I thought, oh, we sounded quite loud there. But you think, oh, actually, how did it sound elsewhere? Yeah. And, you know, the amount of times where I've got back on a train with my mates who've all been in the away ends, and they're like, we never stop singing. And I have to be like, I don't want to be funny, mate. Well, I didn't hear you guys <laughs> where, where we were sat in the home end. But yesterday, someone tweeted me after the game saying, how did it sound? It was, obviously, it sounded so good. It looked so good as well. I mean, I know people talk talk about the the, the smoke bombs and that, but I mean, just, just the, the whole thing looked so good. And, and it, looked, it looked so exciting yesterday. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. It made mm. the hair stand up on the back of my arm. <laughs> it was just, it was unreal. Yeah. Mm. No question. There was one point, uh, I was interviewing Lee Bowyer, um, a good while after after the game had finished, and mm. they were still singing. Yeah, <laughs> they couldn't get rid of them. They were still singing their uh, their heads off at uh, in the away end. It was great. Yeah. Uh, right back into the. Uh, in fact, uh, Summer just tweeted in saying, "I understand why Ricky Holmes left for himself, but I would prefer it if he was still here uh, at the club." Albert Rossi says Ricky Holmes is a bit. Like Diego Poyet, the grass is not always greener on the other side, which is probably, probably a fair point. Right, Paul Griffiths, who also lives down in Portsmouth as well, says, wow, 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 what an amazing day yesterday was. As my local game, it had the feel of a derby about it for me, especially uh, as most of my team at the museum uh, where he works are Portsmouth fans. Uh, therefore, with our normal derby performances normally being dreadful, especially against other te- another team in blue, uh, I was less yeah. than confident on the short trip to Fratton Park. But how wrong I was. The whole day was wonderful. I'm sure you've already talked about this before you got into the emails, but the atmosphere in the away end uh, had to be one of the greatest ever. And in my 35 years of watching Charlton, I can think of few better than yesterday. Perhaps a cliche, but it certainly felt like the players fed off the away crowds non-stop singing. To a man, every player was immense yesterday. Exceptionally hard to pick a man in the match. But special words to our two centre-halves who were awesome all game. Amos continues to impress me and was so calm yesterday. And pulled off what it looked like from the other side to be a wonder save. Uh, ben Reeves would never stop running. And Jake Forster-Kasky must have covered every blade of grass, as you yeah. said there. Uh, earlier on tell so the last two games have certainly turned our season around and typically Charlton have not been easy but not sure if I'm more nervous listening to Terry and Tom's excellent commentary on Tuesday night uh, saying amazing how much bo- yes yeah, it it's amazing how much of a bottle of wine you get through when nervous <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yesterday at yeah, Pompey. No, no, that's an idea yesterday at Pompey every minute felt like an hour I know the reasons are very much respect those boycotting, but please come back next week. We need the Valley as full as possible to make as much noise as possible if we are to beat Blackburn and get that one step nearer to the playoffs. Thanks as ever uh, for us, for our work on, on Charlton Live. Cheers for that, Paul. He's the head of operations down at uh, the Mary Rose Museum in Portsmouth. So I, hope, I don't know if anyone managed to get down there actually yesterday before uh, before the game, but that would be an interesting place to, to visit if you're down on uh, in Portsmouth on the south coast. I don't you've never been there. Did you sail on the Mary Rose Tell? <laughs> Uh, no, I was. No. Uh, I was He'll a bit too. It, I, think. I, was yeah. a bit, I was a bit too young. Yeah. <laughs> they right. let me on it. Uh, uh, right, this one is from Masquerade. One says, uh, with everything that's happening on and off field uh, this season, if we actually end up making the playoffs, it should be viewed as nothing short of a miracle. That's, that's true when you think about it. Uh, now appears to be a case of three sides battling out for two spots with us in pole position, thanks to yesterday's win. Who'd have thought that several weeks ago? before Lee Bowyer took charge. And it's, it's easy to forget how down in the dumps we were after that Blackpool game and that Fleetwood game, Robinson's two games, you know, when we knew he was trying to quit as well. And Isn't it typical Charlton though? And, and, you know, Lee Bowyer, just before Lee Bowyer takes over, we're already resigned, me especially. Uh, and after that, after the Blackpool game, 
I promise you, I, I said to people, that's it, it's our season's done now. Mm. Because the, uh, not just because we lost at all the performance, it's just the, the, the general demeanour of the players just looked like that's it, they, they'd gone on holiday, it was, it was done. Yeah. And then Lee Bowyer takes over and we go on that four-game run unbeaten and you think, well, we're back in it. And then we had that two-game run of Wimbledon and Scunny. Oh, here we go. No, that's it. It was a four-game wonder. We've blown it again. <laughs> and then the last two games happened. So uh, yeah. it's just typical Cheltenham. It's, it's always a roller coaster. And, uh, enjoy the ride. Right, Ketz has done the groundwork for us. Uh, he, he always knows about this sort of stuff. Uh, he, he says, uh, I can confirm. Oh, he said, great day yesterday, first of all. He said, I can confirm 100% that Terry is right. Cad cannot play in the playoffs. So cheers for that, uh, Chris, uh, for, for checking this one out for us. Now, finally, Mark Newbury. I knew, I knew he was going to mention this. I was thinking about this earlier because he came very close with his uh, cashy back, didn't he? Because he said 1-0 on McGuinness. So he said, uh, right score, wrong score. Evening chat. So I had the right score, but the wrong score, a chuff for the players and the fans who travelled for the effort put in yesterday. I'll take the injuries with a grain of salt as each week it's said that players are out only for them to turn up either in the team or on the bench. If Fosu is out, then Marshy should be champing at the bit and there are options elsewhere. I know you're going to Blackburn in more detail on Thursday, but maybe get Konza to mar- man-mark uh, Bradley Dackle game like Keith Jones used to do uh, in the team. Nothing else, just uh, cling like a limpet and then we have a good chance. He said he's a ha- he, 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 Then he just puts the end happy bunny today. I don't know if that's what he is or if that's what he's cooked. He's cooked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, not so happy then. Yeah. Not for the bunny anyway. <laughs> no, well, not anymore. Right, let's have a quick break. Uh, for seven or eight minutes left to go. We've still got plenty of stuff because we, we want to look ahead perhaps to the rest of the season. But also want to talk about uh, bigger wave followings we've taken and then not bottled it. Great work from Tariq Fosu, and now it's forced to Kaski over here on this near side to take the corner, swings it in, it's gone deep, Bowers at the far post, gets ahead of there, oh it's, oh, it's in. in, Patrick Bauer heads the ball down, come on, beyond Ian Lawler and into the back of the net for Charlton's opener. Oh, I can't believe that one in Terry Smith, the ball came in from Forst Kaski at the back post, Bowers able to beat his man, he just heads it down on the ground almost. Now, yesterday, down at Fratton Park, was one of those glorious occasions where we take loads and loads of away fans to a game, but don't actually bottle it. Because with the, the amount of Operation Riversides oh. and, and Operation Ewoods that we've had, and all these... You see, it, hurt, it hurts you right here, doesn't it, Tell? It just gives me a headache every time I yeah. Operation something. <laughs> and uh, even the board game Operation, yeah, I've, exactly. stopped, I've stopped playing that <laughs> these days. Um, the, so, uh, the amount of times we've all gone up expectation loads of us gone and it's just turned out to be a horrible occasion but yesterday was not one of those we're all saying it in the build up it will be because that's the way it goes but it wasn't uh, so I asked for, for some examples of some other ones Tim Jackson said that Orient away on our first away match in League 1 under Parky was 3,500 of us which was half the crowd in the stadium we were losing with 15 to go before a magical volley from John Joe Selvi uh, and a 30 yard lob from Dion Burton we won 2-1 an incredible night. I remember that because I sort of my I have a really dodgy shoulder and I popped it out um, celebrating one of the goals it went back in it was fine uh, and we and we held on to the three points which was more important Kevin Kraut says away to Port Vale we won 1-0 Mendonca penalty uh, club laid on three coaches now so I remember that was quite I think it might have been a late-ish penalty that was on the on the way to the uh, the playoffs that, that season Daniel Davenport mentions Palace away in the, with Dennis in the last minute now so oh, I, don't, you know, I don't think we took as many as we possibly could have that day because I'm sure they really ripped us off for tickets so I remember I was working and I, I, I was working at Sainsbury's in Bromley at the time snuck out a couple of hours early to watch it in the pub 
uh, and it's uh, well, I didn't know it at the time, but uh, I found out as I celebrated incredibly loudly in uh, the 93rd minute. There's quite a Palace pub that one, <laughs> uh, so I, I left quite quickly after that. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Dan quite rightly points Wembley 98. There was uh, 40,000 of us. It's 35-ish thousand oh, fans yeah. of us yeah. for that one as well. So I mean, can, can you guys think of games where we haven't bowled in in front of big away away crowds? We had a um, back in the day, and I'm and going back a long way. I think um, uh, Palace at home. So, uh, but uh, Palace away as well, possibly the same season where we filled up the away end and actually beat them. But that was oh, yeah, yeah, the Kitson one. Yeah, the we Kitson had, one. Yeah, we had the uh, entire half away then. You have the Millwall away when uh, Morton were in the snow. I think we all turned up for that one, and that was. Uh, but they are, I mean, there was. I think there's one, one Bournemouth away in that League One season where we uh, we oh, were absolute yeah. garbage for the whole game and won it one nil. Yeah, we scored. <laughs> we scored a lot. I think Jan scored a header right at the end, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, and we had we had uh, fans on both sides. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so we have, it is actually possible for us. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll put it on the forum as well. Uh, CFC Nick mentioned the two-one win at Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup. I think it, is, it ended up being a Monday night or a Tuesday Monday night. We ended up taking. Well over a thousand though, then we we won that one as well. And Dave Memmott also mentioned that that Port Vale game. Blackpool uh, seventy two says we often do quite well at Wellington in pre season and takes about <laughs> take about two thousand there, uh, which is true. Uh, addicted so that we had a one 0 win away at Huddersfield in November nineteen eighty where we had quite a few uh, big big crowds uh, there. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Aston Villa 4-3 four, four, win in oh, 1999 yeah, took, took a hell of a lot of fans yeah, up to that one as well so some good examples of us not bottling it which is always nice to remember uh, which, which is good to see uh, yeah, in fact Rothko's just uh, pointed out saying Palace in 2000 which was uh, the uh, the Kitson win and said Palace for the Todorov winner and he said Brentford in the 100 point season as well uh-huh. which is uh, uh, Bradley Wright Phillips right um, end, end of the season's coming up we've got two games left to play the team's below us uh, so you've got Scunthorpe have got one game in hand on us Plymouth have got two but they play each other so one of Scunthorpe's game in hand is one of Plymouth's games in hand so they can't from that game in spe- specifically they can't both overtake us I've worked it out for you right. Terry if we win both our games right, then uh, we will be on 74 so I mean the whole point is you want it in your hands right if we win both our games we're on 74 points Scunthorpe and Plymouth they, uh, Scunthorpe have got um, three games left but one of those is against Plymouth so let's say they take maximum. Let's just argue and they take maximum. Uh, that'll be nine points. That puts them on 76, which means they're above us. right? But if they take maximum, it means Plymouth can't mm. because one of those games is at Plymouth. So Plymouth, with uh, four games left, can only get nine points, which puts them on 73, which is below us. If you take their Plymouth Scunthorpe as a draw, then, again... They can't catch us. So what we're effectively saying is we're already in the playoffs. We've now. got to win both our games to to absolutely confirm ah, it. Easy. But with League One as is League One, I mean, who would have thought Plymouth would have lost yeah, to Northampton yesterday? So who knows? Yeah, Rochdale, yeah. Rochdale have got something to play for. Could do us a favour. I I think Rotherham less so because Rotherham are already in the playoffs, almost certain of staying in fourth. They can't go up. They can't go down. Mm. So um, I think they'd probably be saving players, mm. Rotherham. If, I mean, just just very quickly then, the three of you ask you quickly a uh, one-word answer. Who do you want in the playoffs? Because Lebo, I mean, it doesn't matter because Lebo knows we're going to beat anyone, but who do you want in the playoffs semi-finals? Rotherham. Rotherham? Rotherham, and uh, mainly for me and Greg to go out there and meet our best friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the one who hoped you had an accident That's on the, the way one. home. Looking forward. Uh, to Rotherham. Rotherham. Rotherham as well. So, what did you say, Tom? I've already you said Rotherham. Rotherham. Right, so, we all want Rotherham. So, we're definitely going to get Rotherham now and lose. And that's all, <laughs> uh, all three of you, that's your fault. Right, we've come pretty much to the end of tonight's uh, 
Charlton Live. It's flown by once again because everyone's in a good mood and uh, and uh, we've got plenty of tweets and emails in celebrating that good mood. Um, once again, just a massive congratulations to the supporters down at Fratton Park yesterday. You really made it. I mean, it's a great atmosphere from both sets of fans. Portsmouth fans are known for it. Uh, at home and Charlton fans really added to that and they really spurred on the team and as uh, as Lee Bowyer said there they, they, the, the the players want you there at the valley so if you if, if you want to be there then you, you know get there support the lads if we can beat Blackburn then that will surely be pretty much it as far as I'm concerned uh, so let's get as many people down there as possible to uh, watch that game right this has been Charlton Live I've been Lou Mendes thanks for joining us don't forget tomorrow night Love Sport Radio 9 o'clock Tom and Nathan are going to be there you can phone into that so you can ring up and tell them how much you love Lee Bowyer uh, and that sort of stuff. We'll tweet all the details tomorrow evening. Right, Tom, thanks for coming in. Cheers, Louis. Terry, thanks for joining us this evening. Cheers, thanks everyone. And Adam, I hope you enjoyed your, your work experience. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Right, I've been Louis Menace. This has been Chart Life. Thanks for all your emails and your tweets. Don't forget, Love Sport Radio tomorrow night. And then we'll be back here on Maritime on Thursday with the big match preview. And it's a big, big, big match preview. Let's hope there's three more points to come next Saturday. Three more points the Saturday after. Playoff semi final wins. Playoff final win. Then we're in the championship. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.